0: these guys are nothing. You hear me? They please just like we do. Yes, sir. They sweat just like we do. Do you hear me? They went through two days. We went through two days in 110 degree heat. Yes, I want you to hit everything to move. If the rest gets in your way, you hear them? Okay, then, let's play. But they us two. they're against us, too. They're us, too. This is our team. This is us. Let's go right now. Let's get it off. now. Let's go. Welcome to the Rob Rose Show. I am Rob Rowe. I'm the host. You are the co-host. Let's talk power rankings today. Eventually we'll rank the NFL power rankings. We're going to do a special NFL power rankings this week. We'll, rank, we'll power rank the playoff teams. So we'll power rank the teams in the AFC playoffs. We'll power rank the teams in the NFC playoffs. couple of actionable things to do on that end. Uh, we'll also continue to talk about anything else you want to talk about and power rank random things. We've got some early power rankings to talk about. Got a few power rankings of my own. Again, this is the Rob Bro Show, Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. We'll continue any conversations from the Raiderland. Either or Thursday, we were doing uh, burritos versus tacos and the breakfast world. I used to be a sausage guy in the breakfast meat category. I have been uh, converted to a bacon guy. Uh, And even more so recently, Canadian bacon. Uh, It's just ham, but you buy it at uh, the Sam's Club. Or at Costco, whatever it is. No free ads. The Costco membership, no big deal. And uh, you get the big pack of the little round... Medallions of Canadian bacon. It's incredible. It is very good. Lean. Trying to be calorie conscious. Canadian bacon. Cheat code. Breakfast meat. So there you go. The more you know. Uh, And I also... People hate it. I'm not not a fan of turkey bacon. I know. It's crazy. It's good. The uh, uncured... Bougie turkey bacon? The, uh, the, the... I don't know what it is. Unmanipulated? I can't think of the brand right now. Applegate? That sounds like a... That sounds like a scandal in an apple orchard. We're breaking down Applegate today. They were lying to us about the species of apples they were kicking out. It was a money laundering operation here at Applegate. Uh, or maybe the... Like a sweatshop fiasco there with Apple, Applegate. Anyways, I think it's also a breakfast meat company. We'll also talk about some players hitting the portal, some unrest when portal happenings happen in your school, uh, the team you root for. You love to see it in other schools. And if I gave you 10 names from Oklahoma State, you would say, oh, wow, those are 10 important names. But they could all be six-year guys who were walk-ons, not even on scholarship. We just don't know that program well enough to be concerned or not concerned. But what happens at Texas Tech, you should have an educated opinion on who a guy is that is in the portal. And I would, I would just as soon rather keep everybody on the Texas Tech roster for five years And never have any portal movement. Uh, But there is portal stuff that happens, and sometimes you know why, sometimes you don't know why. The first surprise to me, though, in the Texas Tech portal world has been Sincere Massey, the freshman defensive tackle. Uh, Again, I I am not, uh, nor have I ever claimed to be, a deep insider. On this kind of uh, portal stuff, there are other guys who do that for a living. I just kind of assess what's already happening in the public scope and give my opinion. And my opinion of Trey Cleveland entering the portal is that he's a fourth-year guy who has never been a consistent starter. And if he wants to be a consistent starter, he's going to do it somewhere else. And if that's his decision, that's his decision. And then on the Sincere Massey thing, uh, uh, yeah, he's in the portal. That's my opinion. (laughs) I don't know why. I'm not going to try to spin that one at all. Uh, Even though I don't think my Trey Cleveland analysis is spin in any way, some people would say it is. Because apparently any positive reaction I have to anything related to Texas Tech is sunshine pumping and, and, I don't know, Kool-Aid drinking. By the way, everyone who drank that Kool-Aid died, so I don't know why that's a thing, uh, or at least a positive thing. Um, so a couple of, uh, couple, of te- couple of texts here. The first one, so are all of these players with extra 10 years getting their doctorates? Seems like Bowman has been playing forever. Uh, all right, so let's do some math on some of these guys. Alan Bowman got to college in 2018 and was a true freshman starter. That's a little bit of the reason why it feels like he's been playing forever. So he played in 18 and 19. And then in 20, gets a COVID year. In 21, I believe, gets a medical redshirt. And then spends 22... Well, now, hold on. Well, that would be 21 would just be his red shirt. And then if he needed a medical red shirt, I guess it would be 2019. 20, he wouldn't need one. No, he played enough in 19. See, this is all confusing. So 18 and 19, he played. 20 would be year three, but COVID. So just two. And then 21 and 22 were in Michigan. One of those is a red shirt, so that's five years, COVID plus red shirt. This is his sixth season in college football. You know, lots of people go to school for six years without doctorates, but I I would assume, uh, I would assume that Alan Bowman is at least pursuing some kind of graduate degree. There are some guys who graduate college after six years, seven years with two doctorates, or at least two grad degrees. Uh, I think it, takes a little more to get a doctorate in something. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. But even with the COVID years, six years has been around the college football world, at least at Texas Tech for the last, I don't know, decade. Going back to like Alfred Morales, who had six or seven years. Seth Collins played forever. But again, in... In the nicest of terms, if you're a six or seven year guy, there's a reason you're still sticking it out at college. Because you want to play football. If you're a real NFL talent, if you're a top end talent, you don't need six years, seven years to prove yourself. Now, I don't think Texas Tech should be greedy. Or that they're in a position to just process everybody. But the cost of recruiting really, really well is processing people. And again, there's just two names that entered the portal today. And I'm not specifically talking about those two guys. It's just the nature of the business. And I think we can look at a program and see health or otherwise... And if there's a coaching change in a year and you have 16 guys leave and 17 guys come in, I think that is natural in today's game. That feels weird to say. But if you look at a school like Oklahoma State, let's just pick on Oklahoma State because we can. And you look at Oklahoma State in a way that says – Dumpster fire because there's a coach that's been there 20 years. And a defensive coordinator that's taking a sabbatical after one year in your program. He didn't say he was retiring. He said he was taking a sabbatical. After 30 consecutive years of coaching college football, he got fed up with football at Oklahoma State. And they have 16 or 17 in the portal that are players. And a lot of those were starters. Most of those, multiple year starters. Some of those going to Oklahoma. Or Tulsa. Or some other university in the state. So... I don't know. If Trey Cleveland is in the portal and shows up at at Oklahoma, well, he was recruited by Emma Jones to Texas Tech, never got to play for him until this year, in year four of his college career, and then maybe he follows him. If he's the guy that follows him, he's the guy that follows him. I don't know if he is. If he goes to Houston or SMU or... I don't know anywhere else it is what it is and I hate being this guy because I don't want to shut down portal discussion because I love it and I don't want to shut down recruiting discussion because I love it but I really do sometimes want to say just give me the 85 scholarships that are there on the first day of fall camp and let's roll with those guys Give me the 110 or whatever the number is now of guys that can be on campus in uniform practicing on the first day of fall camp and let's roll with those guys. I'll talk to whoever I need to at Texas Tech Media Day and those are the guys I'm worried about. But again, if a four-year starter at quarterback transfers out for his final year of eligibility... And is liking tweets that are complaining from fans about not firing the offensive coordinator. That's when you can read into portal news. Could I sit here and make up a story of why it's weird that the second ever guy that committed to Joey McGuire is already in the transfer portal after one year? I guess. But I just don't think a weird story is there. And again, there are probably guys working on that information, and when it comes available, I'll discuss the public information that's out there. But in my role, I'm not a guy who's going to go dig for that. Because, quite frankly, I care more about what's happening on the field and on the court. And it's basketball season, and if we're talking about basketball, there's another text. Back to the text line, 806 3712 Looking at our basketball team, we're just not very good, says the texture. I understand there may be some internal issues, but we just don't look good, my humble opinion. I, I am not going to back off that Texas Tech is a talented, good basketball team. Grand scheme. Grand scheme. But here's the bottom line. And I'll go ahead and release the Big 12 Power Rankings When we come back after this break. But spoiler alert. Texas Tech is number 10 in the Big 12. So if you want to say Texas Tech is a bad Big 12 team, I'm not going to argue that. But again, they're a a top third NCAA basketball team that's probably not going to make the tournament right now because they're in the Big 12. We'll talk about the rest of the Big 12 when we come back. It's the Rob Bro Show. Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. Get your power rankings in. It's Power Rank Thursday on the text line 806-855-3712. Welcome back. It's Rob Rose Show Talk One Hundred Three Point Nine News Money Sports. Right before the break, we were talking about Texas Tech basketball and the power rankings in the Big Twelve, and it's a it's a little bit of a nuanced conversation, and I'm not backing off of my point. Okay. Texas Tech basketball is a good team. Can be a good team. Now, the Iowa State game shook my belief. It did. Made me question myself. I don't like questioning myself. If that team is the team the rest of the year, you're a bad basketball team. You will not win a Big 12 game. If that team that was in Ames, Iowa, continues to run out on the floor and give poor effort and has poor chemistry, you are a bad basketball team. But if the team that played in the first three games of the Big 12 season comes back and you play tough, hard games and find new ways to lose... I think you're a good basketball team and a great conference. And that's a tough place to be. And if you want me to make the distinction that you're a good NCAA team and a bad Big 12 team, fine. And I don't think I've ever argued that. Now, where two weeks ago I thought you might be the sixth best team in the Big 12, right now you're the tenth best team in the Big 12 mainly because of how you showed up in Ames, Iowa. And if I'm going from the bottom up, Texas Tech is in a tier of their own as the worst team in the Big 12. And then I would put West Virginia, Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma in the tier above you by a bit of a gap. Then TCU... Baylor, Texas in the in the gap above you, Kansas State, Kansas. Now theoretically, there's a lot of movement to be made. I think if if you wanted to argue that Texas Tech had the biggest potential gap, I think you would be right. Positive or negative. Expectation to reality. Baylor, right in front of you. Expectation to reality. They're playing under themselves. Uh, And a texture asks, Rob, explain why the honeymoon period is over with Mark Adams. Seems a new target of criticism just by dropping Big 12 games early. Uh, Yeah. I think the head coach is always the target. And unfair or not, when there are as many rumors that have not been addressed around the program as there are, And when the head coach is calling a team selfish after a bad loss. And also taking some ownership that the team was poorly coached. Well, who's coaching them poorly? If you're saying it yourself. For what it's worth, if you are doing like a BPI or Ken Palm power ranking. The top three teams in this conference are Texas at number one, who you play this weekend, Kansas and Iowa State. The next tier would be Baylor, Kansas State, and West Virginia. Arguably Oklahoma next, but TCU and Oklahoma State are above them in the Ken Palm. Sorry, in the average between the Ken Palm and the BPI. Ken Palm Texas Tech is 60th. The next closest is TCU at 32. Ken Palm is not the end-all be-all, but it is a metric. And the BPI, the Basketball Power Index, another analytical ranking, you're 42. The next closest is 35, a team who beats you in overtime, Oklahoma. And if you talk about kind of potential, what I think they are to what they're playing is, Kansas State is another team who's playing way above their potential. Does that last? Can TCU sustain? Can Texas sustain with Rodney Terry? Do you trust Mark Adams to bounce back defensively? Mark Adams himself said there was going to be changes made after Ames-Iowa. What are those changes? Are you updating defensive scheme? Are you updating offensive scheme? Are you turning something loose? That's what we're looking for on Saturday, and I'm sure we'll talk about it much more tomorrow. All right, let's take another break. When we come back, the text line is stacked up. Dozens of messages, messages. Oh, my. On the text line. We'll get to those after this. It's the Rob Bro Show Talk, 103.9 News, Money Sports. Welcome back. It's the Rob Bro Show Talk, 103.9 News, Money Sports. Here's a power ranking for you. Power ranking of titles. This is titles inside a college football program. Director of social media and fan engagement. Director of recruiting. Assistant director of high school athlete relations. Letterman's club coordinator. And then associate head coach. The texter astutely points out, all the pay, no responsibility. And then there's the assistant head coach, which is most of the pay with what I'm assuming is no responsibility. Power rank uh, the top five things fans freak out about that they shouldn't freak out about. Number five, NIL. Number four, the transfer portal. Number three, position coaches leaving. Number two, what Georgia did to TCU. Number one, McGuire's ability to recruit slash. Fill in the blank, part of Texas. Yes. Agreed on all counts. This off the text line, I feel like I've heard Cleveland's name called about five times for a catch this year. Good receiver, but there's only a few on the field. When you have 63 of them on the roster, it's not surprising he wants to go somewhere else and start every down. Congrats on Ezukanma for getting his first career catch in the NFL. First of many. Yeah, there's a bunch of wide receivers on the roster, and I think a lot of them have the same skill set. Matt Wells recruited a very specific type of receiver, and you had four or five of them. Trey Cleveland is a dynamic, athletic wide receiver. I don't think he's one of the best three receivers on the team. If I was power ranking the wide receivers on the team, I think he'd probably be five or six. Now, do you want depth at Texas Tech? Yes. Do you want all the great wide receivers at Texas Tech? Yes. Do you need the fifth best wide receiver at Texas Tech to remain at Texas Tech because of attrition on the field during a season? Yes. Am I freaking out because Trey Cleveland ended the portal? No. Hey, Rob, has Baylor Cup officially jumped into the NFL waters or is he just testing his, uh, with his toe? Watching Bowers from Georgia the other night sure had me thinking about what a huge weapon Baylor could be for Texas Tech if they targeted him more. Bowers was everywhere. Run game, short passing game, deep middle, just a big physical ball carrier. Would be awesome to see some of that here. Yeah, y- I believe he's, uh, You know what? Honestly, I did not know that Josiah Pierre was not locked in. (laughs) He got locked in today uh, per Instagram, so uh, Baylor Cup might still be deciding. Uh, Sincere Massey is listed as a redshirt freshman playing behind some really good defensive linemen. Not sure how effective he's been. Uh, He was a true freshman this year. Just moved to redshirt freshman. Look, in the trenches... Those freshmen and true freshmen, I don't expect to be on the field. I mean, you're really looking for Sincere Massey to play, if not this year, like next year, like 24. Uh, And again, the same thing goes. Like, do you want depth? Yes. Do you want 10 starting defensive linemen on your roster? Yes. Are you building a program? Do you want freshmen... Defensive linemen to turn into junior starters? Yes. Offensive and defensive lines, you want these freshmen to be redshirt sophomores and juniors to be full-fledged starters. Maybe crack a rotation as a redshirt freshman. But, but in the world of college football, especially in the trenches, I don't expect early playing time. A date array was a real surprise. This off the text line, I will be able to deal with the UT loss as long as Tech competes hard and plays together. I don't know, man. You're starting to sound like a moral victory guy. I agree. That's all I want. I want Texas Tech basketball to look like they're playing Texas Tech basketball. You know, the the word, the phrase, the brand is new in the lexicon around here because it's a Joey McGuire thing. But it's not new. The concept is not new. Texas Tech basketball has had a brand, an identity, a culture. And more than anything, if you look at this year, maybe to some past years, or if you look at the year that Chris Beard struggled here the most, there in 2020 when there was a a, you know, a pandemic during the tournament and there was no tournament. That was a culture issue. We talked about it all year long that year. That team never really gelled. And yeah, they probably weren't as talented as the other teams, but that culture just never really came together that year. And to me, outside looking in, it seems like the culture is struggling, which has affected the play. Again, I think this team is talented, but they're not playing well. But they were playing hard, and they were competing, and they looked like they gave a darn until Tuesday. This off the text line, the transfer portal, when handled correctly, with positive leadership, culture will only help a team. Sometimes when guys go to the portal, they'll be replaced with someone better. Trust Coach McGuire. As far as tech men's basketball, we have great players. We just haven't produced any synergy yet. We're so close to being there. Easily could be 3-1 and in conference. Uh, Easily could be 2-2 and in conference. Not time to panic, but urgency is an understatement. Yeah, I'm certainly not about, panicking about Texas Tech basketball, but I think we're beyond urgency. <laughs> and, and and 0 and 4 is bad. I I don't want to I don't want that to get conflated in what I'm saying. 0 and 4 is bad. Mathematically, to get to the tournament, you have to be way above 500 the rest of the year. Mathematically. 0-5 oh, is even worse, just mathematically. I, I don't know if you guys know how statistics work. I think you do. Much better than I can explain it, probably. I'm a chronic over-explainer, though. Back to the text line. Would you say that a specific receiver that Wells wanted to be more of a bruiser instead of a burner? Oh yeah, yeah. That goes back to when I was talking about uh, Wells. They, he had a specific type, big possession, and there's certainly a spot for that. But it's hard to run this offense with four possession wide receivers on the field. That being said, I think I think Bradley and Fungi really really fit the system. I think. There's already a transfer in that improves the system. I think Nehemiah Martinez can be a really niche guy. I think you have several freshmen and otherwise that have improved. I think Brady Boyd will, will step up. I think Miles Price, you know, still around. I think Coy Eakin got a, a lot of play there at the end of the season. So you have a bunch of wide receivers on the roster. Like, that is one of the positions where I'm surprised – not that somebody has entered, I'm surprised that somebody entered this late. I thought I thought a wide receiver or two was going to enter, you know, day 1 of the portal. If not like before the bowl. My power ranking of most important Dallas Cowboys on Monday from 1 to 5, you know what? We'll go to 5 to 1 Tolbert. Tolbert is in the top five most important. I need some explanation on that one. Uh, and then it goes, Elliot, CeeDee Lamb, Prescott Parsons. Do you mean Pollard and not Tolbert? Tolbert? Not like, I don't know, Tyler Smith or Zach Martin or the offensive line as a unit? Tyron Smith, Tolbert, Brett Maher, maybe this off the text line, power ranking, the NFL playoff teams. You know what? I'll come back to that one when I do it and then power ranking the top five numbers. Five is five, four, 17, three, 44, two 66. I love double numbers, by the way. And the number one would be 12. If this is a list of top five numbers in football, completely agree. And if you're power ranking the double numbers, 77, 44, 55, 33, 22. I know who texts this in. As a troll, I want to put 11 number one. All right, we'll come back after this break and talk NFL playoffs. We will power rank the NFC playoff teams and the AFC playoff teams when we come back. It's Rob show. Talk 103.9 News, Money Sports. Welcome back. It's Rob Show Talk 103.9 way. news, money, sports. Hootie's a goat, by the way. All right, let's power rank some NFL playoff teams. This, from a text, or NFC, would be Philly, Minnesota, San Francisco, Dallas, Giants, Tampa Bay, Seattle. I'm going to go unconventional here. Call this the emotional hedge. I'm going to go Philadelphia number one. This is assuming Jalen Hurts is fully healthy, playing well. Philly number one. San Francisco number two. Dallas three. Tampa Bay four. Seattle 5, Minnesota 6, Giants (laughs) 7. Oh, man. I know at least one person who will not be happy with the Minnesota ranking. And with 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 the AFC, by the way, just announced if the Bills and the Chiefs meet in the AFC Championship, that game will be played in Atlanta. I'm not surprised. I should be surprised. I'm not surprised. Atlanta is a very good venue. They hold things all the time. That is a very good spot. That is easy to get to, I'm sure, for both fan bases. I have not looked up the mileage. I'm assuming it's about equidistant. Uh, International Airport, all that. The AFC power rankings, in my opinion, are tough. Tough. Because Kansas City, I think, is the best team in the AFC playoffs. But Buffalo and Cincinnati are both really bad matchups for Kansas City. But I'll still put Kansas City at number one, and then Buffalo, Cincinnati in that order, and then San Diego, and then Baltimore, and Skylar Thompson's Miami team as seven. I think Baltimore can beat Cincinnati, and if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, you are the biggest Baltimore Ravens fans that have ever been. I mean, you're saying Baltimore and and eating crab cakes this weekend, and if Baltimore can uh, pull it off, feeling pretty good. San Diego is interesting to me, but I I just don't think they have it in them to make a run. And if you told me Kansas City, if you told me Kansas City and Buffalo didn't make the AFC Championship game, I would be much more surprised than if you said the top two seeds in the NFC didn't make the AFC Championship game or the NFC Championship game. I think the NFC is more even than the AFC. I think the AFC has three teams that have a chance, Cincinnati being the third. And the other ones, I'm not even really looking at. Oh, here's clarification. Uh, Turpin at five. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah, because he's tough. Uh, He's due to take one back, by the way. In that uh, preseason game, he took one all the way back, uh, punt and kick, I think in the same game. The dude has been so close to breaking it. But he's also muffed some really, really poor opportunities. Like really bad muffs. And it almost cost you against the Texans. And it absolutely created a downturn in that last Commanders game. Back to the playoffs and the rest. We'll talk about that game tomorrow tomorrow more. Um... I'm also just realizing that this texture put six teams in the NFL playoffs and there's seven. I would put the Jags uh, somewhere near the middle of those power rankings. I'm very intrigued to see what the Jaguars do in this playoff scenario. And they're the fourth seed because they won that division. Are they the f- fourth best team in the afc they played like it down the stretch for a stretch all right this was the raw bro show we'll be back tomorrow on the Raiderland, land 11 a.m as always it was a pleasure to talk on power ranking thursdays with you guys great action on the text line love the texters you can text in all night if you wanted to. We'll read them tomorrow on the Raiderland, 806 855 Give Hyatt a word of encouragement. He needs it. We'll be back tomorrow on the Raiderland. I've been Rob Bro. I'll be Rob Bro. See you then. The views and opinions expressed by the participants on this Talk 1340 program are not necessarily the views of Talk 1340. It's advertisers, staff, management, or Town Square Media.